Joy to the world, the Lord has come. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, one of the most significant events in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but shall have everlasting life. He was born for our salvation. He was crucified for our salvation. He was raised up on the third day for our salvation. And now we are celebrating who he is and that he's not only come to the world, but he has come to our lives. Use the opportunity of this season to invite someone to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen to these messages today as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word as we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the most joyous occasions in the life of many families is the birth of a child. Long before the baby is born, there are preparations made for the child's arrival. Mothers are motivated to go shopping for infant clothes and baby beds and baby names. There are baby showers and doctor visits. The expectant fathers are busy researching diapers and baby formulas. Everybody in the house is expecting. I was thinking about this and I I said, There's a question that can be asked, but it is seldom asked to expectant parents. And that question is, why are you having that baby? Why are you having that baby? We know you're having one, but why? Think about what your answer might be. Could be, we're having this baby because we wanted to have some children. That's obvious, perhaps. Somebody else may say, we... We want us a boy to carry on the family name. Some have even said it was an accident. But I'm here to say it wasn't no accident. It may have been unintentional. But somebody was aiming. Some may say I wanted to obey the scriptures. And be fruitful. And multiply. And some would even say, I wanted to have a child before my body clock expired. We talk about the purpose for having the child, but we almost never talk about the purpose for the child. And as we're in the midst of our Christmas season that is more commercialized every year, the purpose for the celebration of Christmas can get lost on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the hustle and bustle of getting the latest tech toys and gadgets. But let's not forget about doing our good deeds. And sometimes we don't forget that. We buy the toy so we can drop it off at the missions place so they can give it to children who need a toy, or we'll take some food by the food bank, and that will satisfy our desire to get into the holiday mood. But I want us to take a closer look at who we celebrate, but not only who we celebrate, but why we celebrate him. There have been billions of babies born on this earth, but none was born with the purpose that Jesus Christ has for coming to this earth. So I want to talk about 
this baby is on a mission. For context and some background, let's take a look at a passage that we've looked at recently. And I want to talk about this Christmas message from the book of 1 John, chapter 3. 1 John, chapter 3. Turn your Bibles there. Beginning at verse 7. And someone says, I don't remember a Christmas message being in 1 John. Yeah, the whole Bible is a Christmas message. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And here's where we want to focus. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. King James says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested. Here John is still attempting to get the church, the believers, to understand what they're dealing with that is causing some to be misled and some to fall away and continue in sin. And he starts with that verse 7, and he says, if you do right, you are right. Living holy is not rocket science. Living holy is obeying God's command. God told Joshua, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it and be careful to do everything that's in it and you will be prosperous. Get this book. Take a look. Think about it and do it. You want to prosper? Do what's in here. John is saying, don't be led astray by smooth-talking people who will get you confused about what you should do and be doing. He said, just obey the Word of God. Secondly, he says, he talked about the adversary to the believer, and that is the devil. We don't talk about the devil too much anymore because it seems like we think that he has retired. We seldom bring him up unless it's kind of in a casual way, unconnected to anything scriptural. You know, the devil made me do it. The devil is in the details, all of those kind of things. But he says, verse 8, he who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So his logic here is clear. If a man knows God, he will obey God. If he belongs to the devil, he will obey the devil. Now, you may not think about it, but see, it's only two sources of life and two sources that control everything. You're either controlled by the Spirit of God or you're controlled by the devil. It's just that you've been controlled by the devil from the beginning in our life because we were born in sin and we have the sin nature, we're controlled by the devil. It's so seamless that we didn't even know it was the devil controlling us. When he told you to cuss somebody out, you cussed them out. That's before you got saved and joined the light of the world. When he would tell you to take something that wasn't yours, you would take it. Y'all, nobody never took nothing that wasn't yours. Look in your purse. You still got some of your company's ballpoint pen. We would do all of those things. People would steal and kill and do all kinds of things. That was the devil telling you to do that. You just did it. 
And it felt natural. You didn't feel bad about it. You didn't ask for forgiveness. You just did it. Why? Because that's what people do when they're controlled by the devil. They just do it. And you taught your kids, if somebody hits you, do what? See there, you already knew. But Jesus said, if somebody hits you, turn the other cheek. You said, no. See, somebody said, no, I still can't do that. Well, the devil is still busy. And John says, uh, listen, he who does what is sinful. Now, we talked about this last time. He who does, he who practices, who is habitually uh, living that lifestyle, he who does it continuously as a way of life is of the devil. He belongs to the devil. John is accepting and he's sharing with the church the reality of the devil. He is real. I got one yes. He is real. And the enemy has many different names in the scripture. He's called Satan. He's called the adversary, the enemy, the devil, the accuser, the destroyer, the prince of this world, the dragon. He's got lots of names that we call him. But whatever you call him, keep in mind that his chief activity is to oppose Christ and God's people. That's his activity. That's his mission. Whatever God wants to do, I'm going to try to do the opposite. If God says go right, I'm going to say go left. If he says go up, I'm going to say go down. So you can always tell where the devil is working. See, God adds and multiplies. The devil subtracts and divides. If things are being subtracted from your life and divided in your life and separated, don't look at God. Look at the devil. But this opposition started thousands of years before Christ came to this earth. It started in heaven. Jesus told his disciples, I saw Satan cast out of heaven like a bolt of lightning. He started cutting up when he was in heaven. John is showing us that there is a contrast. And I want to give you this because he says, now, if you know what the devil's mission is, you'll know why Christ came. He says, I want to show you a contrast between Christ who has no sin. The Bible says he has no sin. And the devil who's been sinning from the beginning and can do nothing but sin. Satan then is not eternal like God. He's not all-powerful like God. He's not all-knowing like God, nor is he everywhere present like God. However, he has some he armor bearers. We call them demons. And that make it possible for him to, to advance his work in almost every area because the demons are out working for him. Now, there's, the devil is still... Alive and well, and demons are still working. All these people acting crazy, they ain't just acting crazy. A lot of them are demon-possessed. And y'all just trying to think, well, I wonder what's wrong with him. He needs some more counseling. You can't counsel no demon out. All you're doing is spending money. He's been to all kind of counselors, and, and they can't get him. And they just put him on Ritalin and, and all these different drugs. And that, that does a little bit. All you got is a demon on drugs. That's why he started picking up stuff like the Hulk. Y'all be saying, woo, he's really got bad. Now, what did Jesus do to the demons? He cast them out. You see, that boy has a demon. In fact, one time they called, you know what they call a demon? A lunatic spirit. Got anybody acting like a lunatic? 
demonic forces are still working in the earth to destroy people, to confuse them, to turn their lives upside down. And so Jesus came on a mission. So you can say this baby's on a mission. Come on, say that. This baby's on a mission. See, he didn't come just to lay in a cradle to be admired. Oh, that's a beautiful baby. You know, and all the babies are beautiful. Amen? We never see an ugly baby. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, if somebody come up and look at your baby and says, oh, a baby. <laughs> and that's all. Just keep praying. Just pray, honey. God is able. Jesus didn't come just to lay in a cradle. He came to do some damage. What's the Bible says? He came to destroy the works of the evil one. He came to destroy the devil's plans and the devil's activities. Look at that verse again, verse 8. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. But the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, notice he used the word, the reason the Son of God appeared, the King James said, was manifest, I mean, in the earth. He, he didn't say the reason he was born because he wanted you to know he was already existing before he was born. He just had to make an appearance. He said, let me go down there and take care of this business. John used this word to destroy. It doesn't mean to annihilate but it means to render inoperative, to rob of power. Satan has not been annihilated because he's still working. But his power has been reduced and his weapons have been impaired. He can't do what he used to do, to the, especially to those who are believers. He's a mighty force, but he's no match for the power of God. Now the devil's work on this earth started in the Garden of Eden when he enticed Eve to disobey God. God had given Adam and Eve everything they needed, everything they needed. They had want for nothing. I mean, they were in a perfect environment. It was 72 degrees and sunny every day. They had all of their needs met. They had everything they enjoyed, and they got along with one another. They had a perfectly harmonious marriage. Everything was going well. And here comes the serpent to Eve and question what God had told her. Did God say you can't eat of every tree of the garden? He said, well, God told us not to eat of that tree. Now, you know why God told you that, don't you? No, why did God tell me that? Because he don't want you to be like him. He know if you eat that, you're going to be able to see and make your own decisions. Your eyes will become open. You'll be able to figure out things on yourself. You don't have to listen to what he tells you. You can make up your own mind. And the Bible says, she said, yeah. And she ate of the fruit. And the, and the Bible said, then her eyes were open. And when her eyes got open, she said, yeah, I see what I want to do now. She started walking by sight. But the Bible says that believers walk by faith and not by. Now here we have a person who says, you know what? It's my life. I live it like I want to live it. I don't care what God say. 
Adam ate of the fruit and they look around and they say, we ain't got no clothes on. Now, they've been walking around for a thousand years. Maybe, I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us how much, how long. They first, now, we, we naked. And they come back and they're hiding and God said, where, where are you at? They were hiding. Well, well, God, we were naked and we're hiding. You know what God said? Who told you you were naked? Who told you that? Where did you get that from? I didn't tell you you were naked. We know better now because we can see ourselves. Okay, well, the devil been here then. I can tell the devil been here. Okay, that's the way it's going to be. It's on. That's what God said. It is on. I have created a people and I have set them up and you came in to get them off. I already told Adam, the day you sin, you're going to die, man. And now uh, somebody done talk you into it. And then look at Adam. Adam said, hey, it was that woman you gave me. <laughs> then that's what he said. They had perfect harmony, but he said, man, it's that woman. You gave me that woman. And the woman said, uh, it, now it was that snake. And then the poor snake didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> then everybody started pointing blame, but then look at what God says. God immediately began to institute another plan in Genesis 3.15. He says, this is what I'm going to do. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, talking to the serpent that represents the devil there. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers and he will crush, he being Jesus is coming, he's going to crush your head and you will strike his heel. You're going to try to get him but he's going to crush your head. I'm going to send my son and he's going to whoop your head. God announced that he was going to send a baby with a mission. Isaiah got into this mission when he foretold it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he put it this way, for unto us a child is born. See, God knew it, and God was going to send him. God made that announcement. Now, I want you to look at how things would happen. God made that announcement, and Satan knew that announcement was coming. He knew he was coming. God said, he's coming. I just don't know when. I just don't know how, but I'm on the lookout. I believe Satan thought it was Moses because he tried to kill Moses as a baby. Remember when Jesus was born, he came out again, tried to kill all the babies again. Well, is that him? Is that it? But he says, for unto us, Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the governments will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isaiah said he's coming as he looked down the, the, the telescope of time. He says, he's coming. A child is coming. And he's the one. And hundreds of years later, there was a virgin that, that loved God who got the surprise of her life. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we're told in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And verse 31 said, You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you ought to give him the name Jesus. 
And look at verse 32. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. And Mary said, how will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Son is coming, but he's got a mission and it wasn't impossible. Jesus' first message when he came up and he began to publicly announce his ministry in the book of Luke chapter 4. It tells us he went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the temple as was his custom in Luke chapter 4, 16. And he stood up to read. He went into the church. He got the scriptures and he read. Verse 17, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found where it was written. He began to announce this about himself. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. To proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressive. To let the captives go free. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm anointed and here's my mission. I am going to preach good news. I'm going to set the captives free. I'm going to open the eyes of the blind. And I'm going to deliver the poor. That's what I came for. I didn't come so you can just go shopping. I didn't come just so you can get a present. You ain't bringing the present to Jesus. You're giving it to somebody else. I wonder what Jesus would think if he came down here to see how we celebrated his coming. He probably would ask us, now what's the tree for? Somebody wanted to put a tree out there in the lobby. I said, no tree. Put a cross. That's the only tree he knows. Y'all don't have to go home and take your tree down. <laughs> but in the church, what's the tree for? Nobody know what the tree's for. Okay, we always had a tree. But Jesus said, I, I didn't come for none of that. Whatever y'all doing, that's not why I came. I came to destroy the works of the evil one who perpetrated his strategy and plans upon the people that God had created, that God loved. And I came down here to undo what he's done and to straighten it out and give the people some tools, some equipment, some power so that they can overcome, so that they can fulfill God's will and purpose. Jesus was in fact saying when he read this passage in Luke, let's get busy. He was saying somebody needs salvations and deliverance and that's why I came. Somebody needs to be set free of demon possessions. That's why I came. Somebody need to be healed. That's why I came. Somebody need the power of the Holy Ghost working in their life. That's why I came. Let's get busy. This is Jerry G. Martin and I certainly hope that you have enjoyed this message for the season. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to bring peace, to bring salvation, and bring his joy into our lives, into our heart. We sing joy to the world. This year has been a tumultuous year. Many of us do not have the joy of the Lord in us today. We may not have the peace of God in our hearts right now because of all the things that have been going on around us. But I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is still seeking to save those who are lost. He's still bringing his joy and he's still bringing his peace to every one of us who will turn our hearts toward him 
and invite him into our lives and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. He was born so that we can be born again and have a new life in Christ Jesus. I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World. We are meeting in person on Sundays. We do have our medical protocols in place for screening. We have social distancing and we wear our mask. For more information or if you have a prayer request, call us at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. I also invite you to join us online each Sunday at 10 a.m. at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And then don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. Call us if you need church supplies, communion supplies, offering envelopes, Bibles or books, or study material. 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.